0: time to dive into the latest news and updates from the vegas golden knights this is
1: nighttime at noon on fox sports las vegas Let's get ready. Game three of the second round series between the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers uh, scheduled to get underway later on this afternoon in Edmonton. Darren Lard along with Brian McCormick, nighttime at noon. This will serve as your realm report today as well, doing double duty, getting everybody teed up for this pivotal game in this uh, best of seven series uh, where teams have split. Uh, Vegas scored six goals in the first game and Edmonton replied with five. So we're, we're looking at the over. Uh, for game yeah. number
2: three. <laughs> I, I think that's something we kind of figured going into this series, especially with we'll look at what Edmonton did against LA, was they're going to score a lot. You'd better score a lot. And the opportunity to do so may be there. The difference was, and you heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it after game two, Vegas didn't have the puck all that much in game two. So, uh, important day for a bounce back in Edmonton. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy his entire
1: media availability from earlier today in Edmonton. Mark Stone coming up uh, discussing the. Attention to the different types of details going into Game 3. Uh, Ashley Vice with Alec Martinez. Dave Gosher is going to join us uh, from Edmonton. So this is the place to get teed up for everything that is the Vegas School Knights uh, going into Game 3. Uh, in this series that really is the highest profile of the four that remain in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And a series that puts depth against the Stars and Edmonton Stars. Have to be contained in some form going forward.
2: Yeah, and, you know, so much easier said than done. Obviously, <laughs> we've known that since uh, well October, really. If you look at what Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel did this year, but if if you look at what Edmonton's done offensively, so much of it is Leon Drysail and and Connor McDavid by proxy, because more often than not, it's Connor McDavid setting up Leon Drysail. But the secondary depth for the Oilers really hasn't been there. I mean, for the most part, throughout the playoffs, it's been Drysail, it's been McDavid, it's been Bouchard, and you get a sprinkling of maybe Zach Hyman here. Uh, Evander Kane there, but there's been very little from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There hasn't been the depth conversation, whereas for the Golden Knights up until Game 2, it's been a lot of conversation about the depth and the offense you've gotten from Ivan Barbashev and from Michael Amadio. You, you've had that depth conversation there, so I think for the Golden Knights, you trust that you wash Game 2 away. You're going to find offensive depth. There's a couple of guys on the VGK side you'd like to get going as well, because you'd like to have a few more horses carrying some of that weight, um, but without question on the on the defensive side, Figuring out something for Dreisaitl, figuring out something for McDavid, and to speak the obvious, staying out of the box as much as you can, which is something the Golden Knights have done so well throughout the year, but hurt them in game two. It's a split going into Edmonton.
1: Let's walk you through the projected lineup uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and maybe Brian McCormick can address uh, some of those players that, uh, that you would like to get a bump out of. Uh, Eichel, Barbershop, and Marcheseau remain together. Carlson with Riley Smith and Michael Amadio. I thought Michael Amadio had spurts uh, in game two. Chandler Stevenson with Stone and Howden and Nick Waugh, Carrier and Colasar. Leave that up uh, if you're watching on the stream, uh, Floyd, uh, just to walk through some of the forward units right now, Brian.
2: Yeah, and, you know... No changes. Yeah, no changes. I I think uh, Barbashev's had a great start to the series for sure, but so much of what the Golden Knights have been able to generate has been off of four-check pressure, uh, and there just wasn't much in Game 2 because the the, the ice was tilted for much of the night. Um, But but on top of that, certainly the the depth is a strength. You want depth. You want to be able to rely on, again, if if I remember correctly, I think you have Michael Amadio, Brett Houghton, uh, Ivan Barbashev and Keegan Colzor have combined for, I think it's eight goals now. So, I mean, that's that's good depth. Mm. You'd like to see Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith start to find the back of the net a little bit as well because that depth is only going to be a strength if you have the the regular go-to guys producing, as you're familiar with. Um, and for Marcheseau, had some some good opportunities in, in Game 1. I think what's going to be interesting for the Golden Knights is how could they, can, they can get out of their own end because one of the things that jumped out to me in Game 1 was how much they were able to generate off the rush. Right. And it wasn't just... Carrying with conviction, it was carrying it in over the blue line through the middle of the ice. They were attacking from the inside out, which was opening up those outside lanes. And that was something they didn't really have an opportunity to do in game two. So, like you said, is that
1: just puck possession—the lack of it for game two? I think yeah, so. Yeah.
2: I think lack of it, and, and also the inability to to get out of the, get out of there and cleanly. I mean, well, so let's many- flip
1: over to the blue line, and again. Status quo here, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb with Theodore, uh, Haig, and White Cloud, and Laurent Bersois is expected to go uh, for the third straight game of the series.
2: And and again, I I think clean zone exits are important. Uh, We saw William Carlson have breakaway in the first period. It's it's easy to forget because of the way the rest of the game transpired, Mm. but there were transition opportunities in the very, very early portions. But getting out of their own end is going to be cleanly, more cleanly is going to be important. Because Conor McDavid said before game two, we want to have more in-zone possession. We want to work. We want to grind. We want to be more relentless in the offensive zone. They did that. Now, how do you counter that? You're going to counter it with quick quick puck movement, quick decision-making. Um, and I wonder if, if, as we look at the deep pairs, too, again, this is a, a VGK blue line that has the opportunity to be physical, be nasty. We saw game two take a bit of a turn towards the, the gritty and the sandpaper. Um I wonder if we see that transpire a little bit more if this if this series gets a little bit more nastier as we move into games it three. And doesn't
1: four. It doesn't really hinge on the standard for the officials. McNabb, that wasn't a typical cross check in which he gets called early in the first period. He pushes uh, the opponent into the net, mm-hmm. net comes off, he gets in the penalty. That could go either way. If you're calling it by a tighter standard, that puts you uh, in a real bind when you're having to kill penalties. Uh, Mark Stone is the captain. Uh, he addressed the media going into game three tonight. Here's the captain.
3: Yeah, we're in good spirits today. I mean, it's 1-1, coming out on the road. Um, had a good meal together yesterday at the hotel, some good meetings, and uh, a few good laughs watching the other games. So, um, yeah, we're ready to go. Um, had a good pregame skate and changed a few things, Get ready to go.
4: How can you benefit from getting into that every-other-day rhythm here in the rest of the series?
3: Yeah, short memory, right? Um, you know, I think um – we want to try and build a little bit more momentum, have a better start to the game, a um, more discipline. I think we got a little carried away there. Uh, got a little frustrated uh, early on in the first, so um, just got to stick to our, our game plan and, and have a good mindset.
4: How do you view the significance of the first period in particular?
3: Yeah, we want to have good starts. We've had good starts all year. Um, the last couple games haven't been haven't been great for us. Got um, into some penalty trouble uh, early on in both games, so um, discipline's going to be critical for us.
5: Talk about, about
3: discipline. I know it's playoffs, right? So intensity goes up a little bit kind of a fine line between playing it that intense way kind of keeping it between the lines? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they draw a lot of penalties, um, uh, understandably so. Um, they want to be on the power play as much as they can, uh, obviously with that power play. so. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to change our game. We want to stay physical. Uh, we want to be uh, going to the right areas. Uh, you can live with those, um, you know, good, hard penalties. It's just the... Uh, uh, the undisciplined ones, where you're making mistakes or, 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 t- or turning the puck over. Um, you know, obviously in Game One, we uh, I think we handled the puck a lot better than we did in Game Two. We kind of fed their rush uh, a lot, and um, got to get back to um, you know, making their D make the plays.
2: After game two, Bruce talked about one of the things he was disappointed in was the, the connectedness, I guess, you know, obviously stemming from all the back and forth. I guess just he was hoping that that was the first thing to be corrected. How confident are you that, one, I guess the, the connectedness, I guess, of that is correct to move forward?
3: I mean, we're a tight group in here. Um, you know, obviously, Coley's uh, a liked, teammate, very well liked teammates very well-liked teammates, sticks up for his teammates. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I think he'll be ready to go tonight. Uh, I think he's going to be bringing a physical presence. Um, that whole line, I think, uh, was, wasn't too happy with what happened um, at the end of the period, in, uh, second period there. So, um, you know, I, I just I expect a better effort from the team. I'm not worried about that. Um, this team is close, and um, you know, I know that like Cole is uh, going to bring his uh, his physical game tonight.
1: That addresses what happened between Evander Kane and Keegan Kolesar, which was a Hot topic, maybe the primary topic outside of the result uh, after game number two. Uh, how do you think that gets addressed tonight in game three?
2: Yeah, I, I, to to add on to it, one of the things that Bruce Cassidy said in his post game comments after game two, he said one of the things he was disappointed about was that he felt like they got out teamated. I think that and subsequent instances is kind of what he was referring to. It just took them too long to get there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I, w- I wouldn't be bothered at all if the VGK came out in, th- in game three with a little bit of an edge, a little bit of the, a little bit of nastiness, and, and kind of try to impose a little bit. Now, I say that, and then we think about what we heard from the podium, from the microphones, from Evander Kane, from Jay Woodcroft, um, who almost sounded like they were trying to influence that themselves. I mean, they sounded like a team. They said, oh, if they want to run around, we'll do it. Like They kind of seem like they want to turn the temperature up a little bit too, so I don't know um, who it best behooves. But certainly, you need a response, and you've got the likes of your Colasars, your McNabs. You know, part of slowing down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle is having them feel like they can move around a little bit less freely. So, I think a little more physicality, a little bit more, uh, a little more friction in this series behooves the VGK. It's it's one of several things to adjust from game two, but I don't think it uh, it doesn't fit in their favor uh, that this gets a little angrier. So, will it be obvious? Uh, that they're trying to
1: do that, maybe a slash or two, uh, both sides after a whistle or or in-game. I think in, it's between be- the whistles. Between the whistles. I think it's between the whistles.
2: You mentioned before, what's the standard going to be? And that's any game you're going to be negotiating that as, as the game goes along. Hey, ref, what can I get away with tonight? What can't I? But I thought in game two, the start for Edmonton was electric. And you kind of knew it was going to be. But when you heard the players after the game talking about the penalties that were taken, it wasn't because Vegas was uncharacteristically undisciplined. No, It's because they were under duress. You know, we all make uh, more haphazard decisions when we're under a lot of stress. You know, when the, when the boat is sinking, you're bailing out water. You're not looking to plug the hole. And you look at the penalties they took, it was because they were in scramble mode in their own end. So the important thing for me is that you've you got to start on time. Because being in that scramble mode in your own end that's going to feed the McDavids and the and the dry settles. and let's remind ourselves there's more to the Oilers lineup than that it's been top heavy but it's a more talented deeper roster than that but if that scramble mode puts you down early that's a problem if it puts them on three power plays early that's an even bigger problem and that's what game 2 became
1: i just uh, i take issue with the uh, trying to convince everybody that the Oilers are this uh backfilled lineup uh, until you stop or those guys stop being so effective uh, i don't i don't pay any attention to the rest of the lineup
2: which is which is <laughs> fine um I, I think what occurs to me is that okay dry and mcdavid can't account for four goals every night we can't we're not going to bow to the whim of like mm-hmm. well that's just the way it's going to be and we better score five that's not the answer either but game one if dry is going to score four goals he better be the only guy that hurts you and okay. he was So, you know, I I think there's got to be more offensive pushback for sure. I think it's just a matter of when the other ones join the series, be aware of it. And that's why, again, slashes after the whistle, that's going to happen. That's part of every game. Braden McNabb thundering someone coming down the wall, that's going to make a bigger impact to me. Oilers against the Vegas Golden
1: Knights uh, coming up uh, tonight, and uh, we are looking forward to Game 3 to see the type of response. We saw it following Game 1 against Winnipeg, and that has to be a huge opportunity for vegas to lean on going into this game number three winning five games in a row following that uh, dropping of game one
2: Yeah, absolutely and, and how did they do it off of four check pressure and creating turnovers and and funneling those to the front of the net you, you talk about not wanting to talk about edmonton being back a uh, back load i understand mm-hmm. because i look at their blue line and i think of matias Eckholm being a really good shutdown defenseman there's talent on the back end. I don't. Darnell Nurse has not had the the best couple of playoff games that I've been able to watch. Where he's in in terms of a shutdown role. There's youth in the the De Arnais and the Broberg's. I mean, you kind of heard Mark Stone say during his interview just a few moments ago, like, let's put the puck in their corner. Let's make them make decisions. Yeah. Let let's make them make the perfect play coming out of their end. And when the Golden Knights four check got to work against Winnipeg. That's when we saw a lot more opportunities coming from between the hash marks.
1: We're going to quiz Dave Gosher about game number three. He is in Edmonton. Uh, he will join us in just a little bit. Also, Bruce Cassidy. And you will hear more from uh, Ashley Vice and Alec Martinez, uh, who uh, had a great conversation uh, going uh, towards this pivotal game. And leaning on Alec Martinez is going to be a thing during the Stanley Cup playoff run. Attention Golden Knight fans, we need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group, also known as the Cherries. AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League where they consistently take on the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching the matches via stream on Peacock TV. Make sure to also visit the Arsenal at City National Arena to pick up some Bournemouth merch, including jerseys, scarves, flags, mini soccer balls, and lapel pins to learn more and be part of the club's exciting new era, Make sure you visit afcb.co.uk. Up the cherries. We'll be back with more on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all your VGK channels.
0: We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las
1: Vegas. Golden Knights into the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Make sure you stay up to date by tuning in to the all-new VGK Today podcast. It's all-new This year, and it's all new every day. Each episode of the VGK Today will be hosted by a Golden Knights broadcaster that consists of recaps, previews, interviews throughout the entirety of the team's journey in this postseason. New episodes available every morning waiting in your podcast inbox. So listen to start your day. You can catch VGK Today by visiting your favorite podcast outlet. What's your favorite podcast outlet, McCormack?
2: I'm a Spotify guy. That's where I've been listening to all my Darren Millard and VGK Today episodes. Oh, is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Justin and I have great chemistry, don't you think?
2: I think I think Justin is a uh, the the ultimate setup man.
1: Yeah. Uh, while we wait, uh, let's go to the phone lines and just uh, open things up and uh, and take a couple of calls here. Uh, let's go to Dave in Edmonton. Dave, you're on nighttime at noon. Well, welcome here with Brian McCormick and Darren Millard.
6: Hi, Brian. Big fan of your work. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Hi, boys. How you? Uh, can I give you a little clues, now for tomorrow's VGK podcast? Because it's yes. my responsibility Yeah. tomorrow morning. Yep. Um, yep. We're going to catch up with um, Brian Boucher from ESPN. Oh, nice. Um, on the game call tonight. So a fellow Rhode Islander, uh, like myself, half a degree of separation back there. So so connected with him last night, on this morning, so we're going to... In a couple of minutes, it'll be flex post-game reaction right after they're done with their ESPN show. We'll have a little visit and uh, have that for the people tomorrow
1: morning. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, that's The best part about the VGK today is the instant reaction to everything that happens uh, during this Stanley Cup playoff run. Uh, let's look ahead to tonight and uh, what you expect from It's the same lineup again, for the Vegas goal tonight, so no adjustments on that side. Uh, where do you see any type of tweaks trying to answer back to the 5-1 defeating game number two?
6: I mean, I think the first thing, Allie would be an emotional tweak. You know, I, I just didn't think that uh, a something that Bruce Cassidy mentioned after the game the other day, he mentioned it again this morning, and, you know, the phrase he used this morning was emotion from the start. Um, yeah, and, and with just, some of that, that the other day, day you know, what's, what's first? Was it the emotion or they didn't have enough emotion? They were on their heels and they took penalties and then the Oilers capitalized and you didn't get away pretty quick. So I, I think the biggest part would be, you know, emotion right off the bat and not wait to kind of get dragged into the game. You know, we stopped this morning when it's 5 nothing, and it's fine, but the game's over. I mean, the time for that is when the game starts. And so when I think, you know, that's a fine line between playing with emotion and also playing with discipline, I, the most frustrating thing for me, guys, I don't know. How you talked about it the other day. Was the Golden Knights never just—they never gave themselves a chance. You know, they took penalties right off the bat, gave up a couple of power play goals, gave up the short-handed goal, and you know, they never were really. Never it in. So, um, I think it would be emotion, but controlled emotion. I, you know, Jim Matheson, now and Mallard, been covering the um, covering the Oilers up here for. I asked him this morning, and he said fifty years. They so going back to the. You'll remember that now, back in the yep. evening at 20, And uh,
1: I, I, I introduced coming... him to the players when, when he when he broke in. I, that's how <laughs> yeah. old I am.
6: <laughs> Hi, this is Wayne Dresden. Hi, this is Mark Messier. You know, and who uh, said that um, he, said he was asking, uh, he talked to Paul Coffey about the Oilers' power play today compared to the one that he was a part of with Gretzky and Curry and Messier and Anderson, and he thought this power play that, is even better and more dangerous. And that's the end that, that, thing, that thing coming from uh, – that it's kind of like they feel like they're hauling the bloodshot when they're on the power play, you know, against the Washington general. So try to limit that. I know it's easier said than done, but try to limit that as much as possible.
2: Dave, just in the interest of limiting Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid in general, easier said than done, of course, otherwise everyone would do it. But one of the things that stood out to me uh, that Bruce Cassidy said after game two, he said, if you look at some of the goals we gave up, whether it was five-on-five five or power play – I, I'm trying to remember the exact word, but it was, it was to the effect of that they were outwilled the stuff into the side. that The puck just stayed alive longer than it should have. How much of this for the VGK can improve defensively just by getting more whistles, more clears, just by uh, not allowing plays to live as long as they have around the danger areas in their own end?
6: Yeah, I think that's all probably part of the line. I think you're exactly right. I, I mean, you know, it's something that John Stevens talks about a lot because you know, he runs the penalty kill. But I, I guess it's also uh, applicable five on five is you know the ability to get the puck out of your own end, you know, especially on the penalty kill, get the puck down two hundred feet. And you know it felt like a couple of the power plays the other day that never mind getting the puck down two hundred feet, it felt like the Golden Knights didn't get out of the, the neutral zone. So you know just constantly under under pressure. Um, I think some of that some of that could be Longville's too. Anytime you can get a whistle, you know if you need one, take one. Um, to try to settle things down a little bit. Um, they, touch, they touch a lot on not allowing the Oilers to get into the offensive zone, make them defend as much as possible. So I think that's all, you know, kind of on the table. Uh, and I would say this, guys, and we you know watched this team all year, I, don't, I think I had it right that they haven't lost two in a row in regulation since the middle of January. You know, they had a three-game skid. Uh, it was all part of that long home stand they had uh, at T-Mobile. So, all that being said, look, they split the first two games. This is a team that usually responds you know, to bad games. They don't let it linger too long. So hopefully we'll see what we've seen for the most part this year in a couple of areas. One is the ability to bounce right back. And two is they were one of the best road teams in the league all year, including winning up here in overtime uh, the last time they were here last month.
1: Dave Goshers with us on the VGK Inside Show uh, on nighttime at noon.
2: They just kind of uh, pile onto that point. I, I found myself thinking this last night, watching the Carolina Hurricanes getting blown out after you know winning games one and two. The Dallas Stars had a rough night, more so than past playoff series. It seemed like it used to be a bad game would have an impact on the series to come. This maybe it's just because offense has been so up the last couple of years, but it seems like leaving a, a bad day in the past is is more doable now than it has been in recent years.
6: Yeah, I agree, Brian. I think, um, you know, we, I think this last series we were asking, you know, both the coaching staff and some of the players, to believe in that, the old um, kind of phrase about momentum carrying from one game to the next? And I think it was Bruce Cassidy said, he's not really the school that carries from one game to the next. He thinks every game is kind of its own chapter in the book, right? Now, I think players, individual players, if you get on a run either way, that I think they feel can carry over. You know, you start to build some momentum um, as the series goes on. That can maybe bring you into the next game, feeling pretty good about what you're doing, or or the other way. You know, if you're if you're struggling, um, you know that can maybe bleed over into the next couple of games. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I like you. I you know, I kind of watched last night, and you know, Jersey made it look pretty easy against Carolina, and you know, uh, Seattle handles Dallas pretty easily, and. Um, yeah, i just kind of been that way for, you know, look back just to the last few guys with the Golden Knights in Winnipeg. That the first game was not close uh, between the two teams and then the Golden Knights were on the table after that. Now, all that being said, the Oilers yeah, ain't got a much better team than the Jets. So the Golden Knights will have had their hands full in terms of trying to respond. But, I, but, you know, I try to keep the bigger picture in mind. And it was a team that, you know, was number one in the West and you know did a lot of damage and, and, and did a lot of good over a, a long stretch of, of the regular season. So I think you hope that team, uh, you see that team
1: again tonight. Don't do any, like, crowd surfing in that big mosh pit <laughs> outside Rogers' place because we may not see you again. I now that
6: if I'm going to watch the game from the mosh pit, uh, I might do that. Uh, I'm not, I might just watch it at the old Sherlock Holmes
1: pub. Oh, so yeah. I'll
6: actually be in the I,
1: I've got a table uh, named after me on the second floor of that place. Is that true? Yeah. It's called Flat faced oh. Mallard.
6: What's what called what?
1: Flat faced Mallard.
6: No way. I'm definitely going on now. Not for the game. Maybe after the game. i am gotta find I've gotta find this now. This is great. I didn't think you were that popular in Canada. To be
1: honest with you, that was uh, the other name that was. I had a little stint in uh, in Edmonton back in the day, E Town up on White Ave, and, and Sherlock. So uh, I've do- I've done a tour or two uh, around the country. Uh, enjoy tonight. Uh, looking forward to the response. And thanks for your insight being on the ground uh, in Edmonton covering this one for us. All
6: right, boys.
1: Have a good be day. Good. There is Dave Gosher. Uh, he- he'll be at Sherlock's. Have you been to Sherlock's?
2: I- I've never been to Edmonton downtown. Before. Edmonton. Oh, really? But I mean, now that I know there's a table named after you, I wish I could. I would like to get some video or some flat-faced mallard. Is that what it was? Yeah. I would like to get some sort of archival documentation of the of the naming ceremony because I'm not sure was up to your namesake. I'm not
1: sure it was a pretty moment (laughs) by 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 any means at all. Uh, We've got Ashley Vice standing by with Alec Martinez and Bruce Cassidy is going to join us uh, and uh, just. give his thoughts uh, from his media availability as we continue on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, Game 3 taking place tonight in Edmonton. Cheer for the Golden Knights at tonight's watch party at Circa Stadium Swim. Doors opening at 6 o'clock. The game starts just after 6.30. The evening will feature giveaways, raffle prizes, VGK authentic items available, 2023 Stanley Cup playoff tickets also uh, being available for those raffles. Fans wearing VGK gear will receive free entry and all guests, This is important. All guests must be 21 and over. For more information visit VegasGoldenights.com It's the Circa Stadium Swim Watch Party tonight. 5.30pm. 5.30pm. That is the difference on the start time tonight. Uh, We want to get to Bruce Cassidy coming up in just a little bit uh, regarding tonight's uh, contest against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, This is a game that, that could go one of two ways. you got the craziness off the start, or it just becomes a hockey game.
2: Yeah, I kind of expect the latter, actually. I I think after both teams have gotten a good shot in, you know you're going to get the the most structured response from the VGK that you can. And I think it's going to behoove the VGK if the opportunity presents itself like we saw Game 3 in Winnipeg, which got a little crazy towards the end. But in the beginning... They quieted that place down quickly in the first period, and I think that's what uh, the best thing the VGA can do is have a good start and make it feel ordinary, I think, is, is the best thing they can do.
1: Bounce back game after losing 5-1 in the playoff opener. Vegas won five in a row. They'll try to start another streak tonight. Here's Bruce Cassidy ahead of game three.
3: Uh, Vince Hopkins by Vegas. I guess just moving in the room, I'm getting set, reset for uh, game three tonight.
5: Yeah, listen, uh, we weren't at our best game, too, so... Um... We understand that. We talked about some things, correct, like most teams do when they, you know, it's not to their liking, and get better tonight.
2: Bruce, do you find your team?
5: You know, emotions got up last game. Is your team better when when the uh, the stakes get increased as far as the energy level, emotional, a little nastiness in the game? Uh, From the get go, right? Like, I mean, when it's five nothing, a lot of that happens throughout the playoffs in any series. To me we need to get into the fight right away Uh, bring your emotion in terms of puck battles winning your races uh winning the slot battle net front all those things that's when our emotion needs to be there for us um not when we fall behind and now want to whatever teams do right to establish some territory whatever you know what i mean it's it happens a lot um at the end of the day we need to be emotionally engaged from you know puck drop and that's when we're at our best When McDavid and Drysettle play together on the same line, what's the challenge for your group out there against them just to kind of be aware of both guys as opposed to maybe just having to worry about one at a time if they're, if they're separated? Well, even separated, to me, it's a similar animal. They're both dominant players. Uh, and, and the awareness of uh, getting above in a hurry when you turn pucks over, even in the ozone, if a point shot comes through and it gets knocked down, you've got to be ready to get out, which is... A little counterintuitive, right, when you're in the ozone. You want to keep playing beyond pucks, but you've got to be mindful of they can get away in a hurry. So that's where you've you got to be a little bit careful. Your line changes in the second period. Any any quick up and you're not catching them. Um, how you manage the puck off the rush, if it's a lateral pass. We got into trouble at a couple of those the other night where they're going the other way. So you don't want to paralyze how you're going to play the game yourself. You've still got to be in attack mode, but there, there is a... Um, Obviously, a threat there that you have to be aware of. And sometimes, to me, that simple thing is shift length, so you have the energy. If you're reloading well, and our defense, you know, we tend to play rushes pretty well, then we'll end up meeting them in the slaughter at the net if we do that. So, uh, to me, whether they're on the ice together or separate, like I said, it's still a very similar threat because they're both dangerous and open ice. McDavid seems to find dry settle more than maybe the other way around at times. Um, I think he just has the puck a lot that's probably why um, but that's not going to affect how we check because McDavid can pass to Hyman to Kane there's a lot of different guys he can set up so you, you got to be mindful of who his outlets are all the time when he has the puck I think that's the one of the better ways to play him is take away his outlets and hopefully he can keep him outside doesn't always work that way you saw him get inside the other night on breakaways so um, like I said it's a tough challenge but it is what it is in that area
3: Bruce, when Bruce over here on your sorry, just not, when their power play is clicking at
5: over almost sixty percent, does that affect maybe the way you guys how hard you forecheck or how hard you play them physically, or is that you you just got to stay on that right side of the line? No, no, I think you know some of the infractions we took the other day were high sticking, right, or there were puck battles, some of them, and your stick comes up. I mean, you got to be hard on your stick against this team. I think they'd say the same with us. So sometimes it comes up. So um, we've been a very good team this year, checking with our feet and our legs, we, we didn't take a lot of penalties uh, the last game was the exception, we got to get back to where closer to game one, like we had three infractions, so um, you know, that's reasonable, uh, that was where we were during the year, I think a little less than that against Winnipeg, similar, so for us, you still got to play hard, you got to take the body um, when it's there you got to get engaged in your puck battles um, you know, and just avoid the stick ones, right, your stick can't get parallel in today's game, so use your feet We've been pretty good at that. The other night, uh, too many opportunities for them. Saw what happened.
2: So the other team's power play is pushing
5: 60% and all us media guys and everyone around the league is going ooh and ah and all that. Is it up to you guys? It should. It's 60%, right? I mean, that's historic. Well, yeah. so I get it why everyone's talking about it. I mean, it just typically doesn't happen. That's why. Right. right? Is, the onus, is the onus on Vegas to fix that? Yes, absolutely. Um, and we felt like we had... A plan coming in to take away certain outlets, and they found other ones. You know, they look for Hyman a lot more back post. You know, that they have a lot of different, it's like a quarterback with his receivers, right? They're pretty good at going from one, two, three, four, and finding all their outlets. They're very good at it. That's why they function at such a high rate. They're not one dimensional. Um, so, fresh, you know, part of it is we re- revisit it. We've revisited it now three times, right? Because it's good. So, we'll try. Uh, something else that maybe is more suitable to us and still take away some of the outlets so but that's the challenge it was a challenge for LA uh, if Edmonton advances it'd be challenged for the next team um, and and part of that is staying out of the box as 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 we spoke of earlier and we have to do a better job with that um, and there's other ways to me, it's zone time you can limit so in the face-off circle you know we need to win the draw as a group of four Uh, Entries, if we could be better. Again, McDavid's pretty tough to stop and he's in space. So there's different things you're going to try to do. Make sure you're 100% on your clears. But, um, you know, we'd like to push him a little farther away from our net tonight. You know, that's something we talked about because Bouchard's doing a good job when it's his turn to shoot. Um, But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Mm
3: -hmm. In terms of spending a little
1: more time in the offensive zone, in the first round, you were kind of emphasizing and you guys were having a lot of success in chipping it deep and trying to get possession that way. Do you want to see more of that tonight, or is it a different
5: approach against this team? No, we do. I think uh, game one, we did a good job. Um, Got a leg up on them and built on that. Uh, that, That's what we want to do. Uh, The other night, we didn't have the puck much Jesse. We lost, I think, 70% of the draws in the first period, so when you're chasing the puck, it's hard to establish a forecheck. You're, 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 you're getting out of your own end. You're tired. You're changing, and they come back at you. So that, that's what happened the other night. We, they won all the races and battles, and it took us out of how we feel we can be successful. Um, and, you know, so we'll get back to that tonight. I mean, give them credit. They did a good job. They responded well. They're a good team. Uh, it's our turn now to do that.
3: You have a couple guys in your top six, Marcia so, and Smith, that haven't been scoring as much as they did in the regular season. Is there anything you could do to, like, get that going?
5: Well, they haven't scored at all, right? So we've still won five games out of seven. So we feel that we have enough guys in their locker room that um, that can score goals for us. Uh, is there anything we can do? Yeah, we're going to give Marshy some more touches on the power play. They play a similar spots. So we can't, you know, Jack's on the other elbow, so uh, we'll switch them up. Maybe that helps Marsh get a few more uh, looks at the net. Um, at the end of the day, I think Marsh has been close. The last game, he had some good looks. His game to me is closer to scoring than maybe Riley's right now I think Riley needs to get to the interior ice a little more often, uh, the rush game hasn't been there that much for them, That that's when he, typically him and Carly are good, now Amadio scored in game one off the rush so there are some opportunities but uh, the onus becomes on the player when you're not scoring to put yourself in areas where you'll see more pucks, that's usually in the slot, that front those areas, that's not a natural place for Riley so he'll just have to keep playing through it Um, for me, help us win, right? If the goals will come eventually because their resume says they will. So that's what I believe. We play long enough. Um, And that's what's been discussed with them.
1: That's Bruce Cassidy from this morning's media availability in Edmonton prior to game number three. Uh, uh, Half full, uh, Marshall and Smith, uh, haven't scored. Uh, You've won uh, five games in the Stanley Cup playoffs without that. Whenever they do get hat hot and then they start playing well, you you've got that coming towards you. That's that's my uh rose colored glasses look at.
2: Yeah, but with also a recognition that it's, it's gotta start coming soon, yeah. that, that you're know, getting to that point now where uh if star power is driving them, then you need your and Stevenson and Stone have have carried that load, but now let's get more guys involved. Uh interesting what uh what Bruce said though for he thinks is a little closer to his his scoring game, than maybe Riley Smith. Is you need to see Riley Smith get to the middle more. That's something that again I think is secondary opportunities. And when the Golden Knights are able to get in on the rush and push the defense back, back and in, is what we saw in Game One, and that opens up the outside lanes. But then after that, how do you follow to the front? You know, I was looking before Game Two. I think Stuart Skinner's given up. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was. I, I was counting goals that were rebounds or pucks around his feet, basically pucks. I think he should be able to sit on he's given up eight through the first uh, eight games of their playoff run. It's not an astronomical number, I guess, but it's not that Stuart Skinner has been Velcro with pucks sticking to him. So traffic to the front, chaos in front, but also Riley Smith and Jonathan Marceau being in those areas. We saw Marceau, especially in game one, a couple of opportunities where he's able to drive to the front. His legs are going, uh, but there just needs to be a little bit more uh, relentlessness in the attack, and uh, that'll come.
1: I think everybody was wondering whether Lauren Bersois would be uh, back in for the second period in game number two. He was uh, after the 4 nothing deficit. Uh, I looked at it and was thinking, Bruce Cassidy's optimistically – pointing towards we can get right back into this game i'm leaving my guy in and uh, let's go let's try now it it didn't come to fruition but we're seeing so many comebacks and so much offense in the national hockey league uh the dallas stars did the same thing yesterday with jake out there's an opportunity uh for your team to still get back into a game uh, despite being down by a few
2: it's a a wherewithal to be patient now again that's also more so the fact when you fall behind significantly early too but we've already seen the Oilers give up a three-goal lead in these playoffs and I think I think they've given them three multi-goal leads I think so mm-hmm. there is the uh, the opportunity to be patient and to say yeah hey, I'm sure the the Hurricanes were thinking about yesterday in New Jersey it didn't work out for them but when Jordan Martinook scores the the penalty shot goal let's give this another beat yeah. let's get two or three shifts see what it turns into and it got, it, it ran away from them again They got to take more penalties. They got
1: to take more penalties to capitalize on the shorthanded situation. That's exactly (laughs) four shorthanded goals in that game. Three of them by the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Edmonton had one the other night uh, too. Uh, They they. Separated themselves in the special teams department, uh, which Bruce Cassidy had to address certainly uh, this morning. Alec Martinez is standing by. He is my voice of reason. Whenever you've uh, got uh, any type of drama going on, uh, you go to him. He's the compass. You
2: know, one one series, we need the voice of reason. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: well, it's been there's it's been that
2: wild. You're right. Series. You're not wrong. Uh,
1: between the Evander Kane influence which everybody could see coming. More surprised that it didn't happen in game number one and then the back and forth uh, of the split. So he's standing by with Ashley Vice. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, football's back in Vegas. The Nighthawks returning for their second season. Brian McCormick, a big fan of that. Uh, become Ooh. a part of the Nighthawks family and don't miss out on the action at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. What was the who for? That the, give us the, the background there. So Those was who. Yeah, there just we go. Just being a big fan. Uh, just uh Kaka. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's where I was going. Uh full season <laughs> membership start at just $15 a ticket per game. For more information about tickets, venue parking and more visit the nighthawksfootball.com. It's nighthawksfootball.com. Kaka, uh, we will be back with Alec Martinez national advice. Next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports
0: Las Vegas.
1: Awesome that we get to do this uh, in Studio 31. Darren Millar, Brian McCormick. We have a studio audience today. uh, Kaylee, Songy are here. Uh, Floyd is behind. Uh, Ryan is behind the uh, the monitor. It's uh, outstanding to have so many people looking forward to this Game 3 tonight. Uh, Is it a nervous feeling tonight? What do you think the... A uh, heart of the Vegas Golden Knights fan base is feeling
2: right now. I'm not usually nervous when Kaylee and Songy watches nope. do this in the studio. <laughs> the game tonight, uh, I, I would say probably a little bit of not not nervous. I think it's just it's an eagerness to see a good start. I think that's what they they like to see a, a clean first ten minutes. Um, and again, we've heard Bruce say like, "Hey, when we got into it emotionally, when it was five nothing, okay, well it's five nothing. We got to be emotionally in from the get go." So. I'd say look for a little bit of, of conviction in the early going, and that's what I think fans want to see. It's not nervous. it's, it's Give us reassurance that the team we saw five days ago is, is the team we're going to see and not the one that we saw three days ago. And I think that's likely.
1: When the wind starts blowing, I go to my compass uh, for an idea of where the true north is, and that is Alec Martinez, who's standing by with Ashley Vice in Edmonton.
4: Alec, first, I'm curious as you look ahead to four nights here at the JW Marriott in Edmonton. Do you does this feel like just another road trip, or does this bring back memories of uh, 2020 and being here for about two months?
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like my second home. Actually, uh, It was kind of weird. I uh, walked into the the room today, and I have I don't know if it's the same room. You'd think that I'd remember. I'd spent so much time here, but it's the same configuration. So certainly brought back memories, but it was nice coming in here with uh without pictures of my family and and things like that that you know the little things that they tried to do to make it feel like home because you know we we're obviously going to be here for an extended period of time but yeah i mean i guess it gives you a little bit of a little bit of flashback but you know nice knowing that I guess you never know what could happen, but I imagine that we're probably not going to spend another 60 days in this hotel.
4: Yeah, hopefully. Something would go very wrong if that was the case. Uh, Just one of the many experiences you've had as a veteran in this league, Um, and as one of the veteran players, I'm curious kind of uh, the journey of your thought process from the time the final horn sounds in a game two like you had to when the puck drops on game three.
0: Well, I think that the easy thing to do is have a sense of panic. You know, maybe not panic, but just you know, I think that you got to look at it for what it is. You know, there's going to be highs and lows uh, throughout the playoffs, throughout a game, throughout a series. You know, I think that there's obviously you know a lot of things that you we can learn from, and a lot of things that we have to do better. And one one specifically is just our compete level. You know, so while while I look at it objectively, you know, I don't I'm not going to get too worked up over it. You know, it's one game. That's why you play seven. And you know, I talked to a couple of guys, and it's you know i don't think either team came into this series thinking that you know they were going to get a sweep you know this is just not uh you know it's just not in the cards when when you have two teams of of this caliber and and you have to expect that you know there's going to be ups and downs in a series there's going to be bounces that go your way there's going to be bounces that go their way and you just got to maintain somewhat of an even keel and and um you know looked at look at things constructively and figure out you know it's A playoff series is is much like a chess match, too. You know, they're going to make adjustments. We're going to make adjustments. And it's, you know, it's a a constant back and forth. So, you know, obviously we're not happy with the result. But at the same time, you know, you can't dwell on it too much. You know, the good thing is we have another opportunity tomorrow night.
4: Well, you mentioned being even keel. A phrase we've heard throughout the regular season is that this team, uh, is better once it gets drug into the fight did you feel like some of the things that happened last game were enough to have you in the fight to start game three
0: yeah I think so I mean uh, you know you look at any playoff series I think that they gradually get more emotional and emotion. you know there's animosity grows there's certain things that happen when you when you just inherently play a, a team possibly seven times in a row that you know things are going to get a little testier there's going to be more emotion involved there's going to be you know we saw a lot of fights last night there's going to be heavy hitting there's going to be all that so I, I think that you've seen it all year I think when we've been in situations uh, like this we've rise to the occasion and you know at the same time we're, we're going into their building it's a tough place to play they're going to come out and you know bring their a game too but that's the that's the beauty of the playoffs and and, and a playoff series against you know two teams of to, of, of our caliber and you know i said it time and time and again, I'm, I'm very confident with the guys that we have in this room and, and um, you know, strongly believe that we're going to come out in game three and, uh, you know, play our best game.
4: You mentioned coming into a tough building. Why do you think it is that this group has so much success in these situations?
0: I don't know. I think that, that there's a lot of different things involved. I think there's, you know, we have a group of guys that a lot of them have been through it before. I think we got a lot of guys who care you know there's a lot of character on this team there's guys that you know there's the, the hunger to win uh, and I also think that guys are, are committed to you know playing the right way and playing our game I think you know one of the hardest things to do you know in this game is if you know things aren't quite going your way you know it's hard to stay patient in your game plan um, but you know it's only human nature to you know want to try to change things or try to do more and I mean, while there is room for changing things and in, in, you know, adjusting game plans and X's and O's and things like that, the, your identity and and the way that 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 we play has been well established. We're not going to change the way that we play. So I think it's patience in that, and um, I, I think that the guys have done a good job. You know, when faced with adversity this year, you know, you look back at that New York trip where I think that was kind of a turning point right before the um, uh, the All Star break that. know I thought a lot of those games we played well enough to to win and and we didn't but sometimes that's what you need and 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 we were able to you know bounce back when we came back from that break and I don't know the exact numbers but I would say that you know our record was probably in in terms of you know whatever a 20-game stretch is probably up there with the best 20-game stretch that we had all year so I mean we we've felt you know adversity before and it's much like game one of of the playoffs when we you know, drop the first game to Winnipeg, it's it's a it's a similar feeling. You gotta you gotta trust your own game and you know, in a building like this you're gonna have to come in and, and try to dictate the pace of play and, and establish your game because you know they, they certainly are too.
4: Good luck Alec, thanks for the time.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Ashley Weiss and Alec Martinez, uh, part of the VGK Today content on that daily podcast uh, that all the VGK broadcasters are uh, taking a turn at, including Brian McCormick. is Does he not sound like somebody that you just grab onto in a time of high drama and all kinds of swings of emotion?
2: Yeah, he's the rock and stormy seas, no question. But I think that's something that's so uh, that resonates in that conversation. I actually talked to Bruce Cassidy about it during the Winnipeg series after, I think it was before Game 3, and it was... I think fans sometimes make the mistake of thinking, oh, we have cup winners on our on our roster, Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo. We have guys with Stanley Cup pedigree, and they think that that means that outings like game two aren't going to happen. Mm. That's not where the value is. The value is, do you respond properly after those setbacks happen? And I think that's what you heard Alec Martinez saying, is like, we've got the guys in the room, we have the mentality, guys who have been through this before, we know we're going to be ourselves for game three and bring the game that we need to have. That's where that value comes in. It's funny. Uh,
1: perspective is uh, incredibly valuable at this time of the year. Look at what Toronto's going through right mm-hmm. now, down 3-0 to the Florida Panthers after finally getting you know, over the hump. Uh, the Seattle Kraken exploded against the Dallas Stars, and they are uh, closing in on being halfway there. Uh, Connor Bedard draft lottery. It's not officially the Connor Bedard draft lottery, but it, the draft lottery takes place uh, later on this afternoon. What's your
2: prediction on where he ends up? I think he goes to Philly, wild card throw in there. Ah! If, he, if he goes to Anaheim and they have Drysdale and Zegras and McTavish, that's just not fair, so just try to keep him away from Anaheim. The puck will never hit the ice <laughs> there be- because they'll be doing all
1: their trick shots and flips and uh, backhands and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's at 5 o'clock. Uh, Circus Swim uh, Stadium Swim doors open at 4 o'clock. Uh, 5.30 is uh, the game time. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers game three coming your way on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the television side is ESPN. Enjoy the game.